Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. All right. Thank you, J. Michael Collins, for that introduction. The man whose voice is heard in many of the movie trailer clips you hear, and he can be found at jmcvoiceover.com. And on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash n forward slash J. Michael Collins. And on his voiceover page at voice123.com forward slash J. Michael Collins. Appreciate him lending his voice to Truth About Trucking Live. And welcome back to the show. Today is Thursday, August 20. Oh, wait, I'm on the wrong thing. What is today? Oh, this is September 5th, Alan. Where you been? Yeah, I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> I still have August 22nd. <laughs> November, when is it? What is it? It's, it's September 5th. The show had, was supposed to be in August, and Christian um, wasn't feeling well. We had to postpone it, and here we are tonight. Well, you know that's why you're here. <laughs> too many things in my brain here. Okay, so today is Thursday, the date that Donna said, 2013. Appreciate you tuning in to the program, as Donna and myself are here as your host. And uh, Donna, I guess... Um, well, that was a while back. You made it back from your Michigan trip, had a great time, but back to work. Yeah, here we are, and uh, there's a lot going on, and especially uh, it's very appropriate with the show tonight fits right in uh, with the um, hours of service and the 34-hour restart and all the controversy over that, the letter to Secretary uh Anthony Fox uh, uh, regarding all that. So anyway, we're hoping to get into all that perhaps a little bit with Christian tonight and how he feels about all that on the show. But uh, yeah, a lot, lot going on. We have a missing truck driver and uh, we have a one million pound health challenge and all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, going on right now. So yeah, and we have a uh, have a great show planned this evening as we get back on what is, uh, like Donna said, one of the hottest topics in the trucking industry today, mobile communications, and more specifically having the uh, opportunity to choose between EOBR technology, one of which is known as uh, company-owned personally enabled devices or COPE, and uh, which are those somewhat bulky hardwired equipment mounted inside the truck or the Bring Your Own Device Platform, BYOD for short, where one can use their own personal device, uh, such as an iPhone, BlackBerry, iPad, etc., for the mobile communication platform. And uh, our guest this evening is Kristen Shank, Senior Vice President of Product Strategy and Market Growth 
for the XRS Corporation on the web at xrscorp.com, a uh, leader in transportation mobile communication. And Mr. Shank is known in the industry for his uh, really extensive knowledge and in-depth hands-on experience in process management, business development, and uh, transport uh, transportation logistics. Uh, he's an active member of uh, uh, many trucking-related associations, including the National Private Truck Council and the International Food Service Distributors Association, and he also sits on several industry advisory panels and advisory committees, including the CTIA Alumni and Telematics Americas. And so we will discuss the XRS mobile communication platform, uh, some of the facts behind the BYOD technology, and why many consider their pl platform is uh, considered to be revolutionizing the industry. Our call-in number, 347-826-9170, if you'd like to join the conversation or have any questions for our guests. So our show this evening, Trucking Mobile Communication, BYOD, with our guest, Kristen Shank of the XRS Corporation, all coming up on Truth About Trucking Live. You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Hey, thanks again for listening to Truth About Trucking Live, and I want to tell you about XRS Corporation and how they're leading the way for the industry's mobile technology. XRS puts the power to improve every aspect of trucking in the hands of the ones who matter the most, the drivers. Named to honor the natural evolution of Zada, their previous name, and Road Science, their ongoing business focus, XRS is a company and a breakthrough mobile technology platform dedicated to alleviating the increasing demands on drivers drivers, owner-operators, and fleet managers. XRS is leading the trucking industry's migration to mobile devices for collecting and analyzing compliance and management data. Through XRS, fleet managers, owners, and drivers can collect, sort, view, and analyze data to help lower costs, increase safety, attain compliance with governmental regulations, and improve customer satisfaction all through their mobile devices. Their simple plug-and-play solution eliminates costly equipment purchases, installation, and training by delivering intuitive cloud-based technology built directly through all major wireless carriers to virtually any mobile device. 
For more information, visit them at xrscorp.com. And you can also find them on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. XRS Corporation, dedicated to making the life of the driver easier. Learn more about their breakthrough mobile technology platform. Check them out at xrscorp.com. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back, and, uh, well, you just heard a little bit about XRS Corp- uh, Corporation right there, one of our uh, great sponsors here on the Blog Talk Radio Show. We welcome our guests back to Truth About Trucking Live, uh, Christian Shank, Senior Vice President of the XRS Corporation. So, Christian, welcome back to the show. Uh, a lot of things going on for XRS, huh? There are, Alan. Thanks for uh, including us again, and apologies to uh, you and the listeners about my uh medical mishap there a few weeks ago oh well that's nothing to apologize about just glad to have you here and and uh, i know it's been a while since uh, you've been on at one time and i know a lot has happened since then man i'm looking all over this and don't really know where to begin i think uh i think a good place to start here is um i know in uh you had the xue event last year in 2012 I, I, why don't we just start there and tell us what this event was about who was there what it accomplished and well we had the the latest one just was last month yeah oh okay what did i say 2012 oh no <laughs> <laughs> see i'm really boy i'm the one that needs to be apologizing i've got the ruler over here <laughs> well you know what it is I don't have my glasses on, so yeah, no, the the current X, XUE event. Yeah, certainly, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. So we had, uh, you know, probably I would say pretty close to 400 customers that showed up to this thing, and we we had a, a handful of drivers show up as well, which is the first time that we've invited drivers to participate um, in a couple of panels, and the, and really the the theme behind it was how consumerization of IT, not to make it sound boring, boring, but really the the smartphone and the tablet era that, you know, we all are walking around with. I remember spending time with Donna at Matt's uh, earlier this year. I mean, it's everywhere. And the, the theme of the event was really how we can harness that power of mobility inside transportation to benefit both the fleet but also the driver. So it was about unlocking the potential about mobility. It was also a lot about how the old technology, what a lot of the drivers and your listeners would think about or referred to as the Qualcomm and the big bulky hardware that's fashioned to the dash, how that's really, you know, uh, something that in in the not-too-distant future will be something of the past. Like, it really just doesn't make any sense anymore that we would have primitive devices that do very limited single-purpose things when the drivers are carrying around these really powerful devices. So we uh, we, we, we announced a pretty um, strategic partnership with Samsung Telecommunications America, the makers of the new Galaxy S4 and all a bunch of the great new devices. I don't know if any of you saw the most recent press release uh, yesterday, I believe it was, on a uh, Samsung um, Galaxy Gear, which is a wearable watch. So a really strategic partnership for us. 
um, that shows that from a mobility perspective, there's a lot of big industry. You know, Samsung being the leader in mobile communications today uh, for consumers and businesses alike um, with a significant market share, far exceeding, you know, what anybody would probably understand, um, has a significant interest and is making an investment into the trucking industry. So I think, you know, that in itself was a great part to the event. Um, and I think it goes to show that as an industry, we're we're getting a little bit more hip and we're starting to use the stuff that's in the power of our hands, and it's not all about Big Brother anymore. So I thought the event went well, and uh, we had some some great announcements. So it was a great event. Well, and one thing I remember last time we had you on, too, and, and I guess the sensibility of it all, because I know there was a study, and I believe you're the one that even told me that there's like uh, you using your own device, like these iPhones and everything, like 99% of the drivers are already using them anyway. Yeah, it's in the 90s now, and, you know, that's a huge jump from where we were two years ago. Um, and, you know, we had our first driver experience board at Matt's, and there wasn't anybody in the room that didn't have one. Um, and the more and more research we do, um, it just becomes more and more pervasive out there that drivers are consumers like everybody else. And, you know, with some s small exceptions, they're all carrying these things for all the reasons you and I do, stay in touch with family and, you know, do email, check the weather, you know, do some banking, all that kind of stuff that we benefit from these mobile devices, they do too. And, you know, like I like to say, is it's you know, it's really not rocket science, it's road science. It's just we're building an app that allows the driver to do all the things that the fleet really wants them to do, plus the stuff the government wants them to do on that same device. So I don't think they the realize how powerful um, the phone really is. I, I, I know I, I'm learning, you know, how much more powerful – it is than I even thought it was. So I think that goes across the board with everybody. Yeah, I definitely agree. One of the things that we actually said at our conference on stage was, I think it's almost silly now that we still call the device our phone when it's probably the single least used application that people use it for. Um, really? All the yeah. apps that are on there, you know, there's more and more stuff. People are using it for email and texting and weather and Facebook and Twitter and, you know, Foursquare and, you know, Snapchat. There's 100 million apps out there that people are using them for, and um, they're just becoming more and more pervasive everywhere. Um, the, the the mobile technology that XRS has, now, is this – is this an app that goes on? Um, I'm assuming that that's what it is. So there's there's two different components to it. One part of it is there is an appliance that sits on the dash of the truck. It's roughly the size of a say a hockey puck, um, and it connects with a single cable to the diagnostic plug, where it will communicate through what is called a J bus, 1939 or 1708, depending on the age of the vehicle, where that will have the connection as far as, you know, fuel consumption, you know, speed. It actually determines the actual movement of the vehicle, which is a requirement for hours of service by the FMCSA that we are synchronized with the engine. Um, so um, that little appliance, and then, yeah, you're right, Donna, it's a downloadable app from Google Play, and you download it to your, right now, Android and Windows. We don't support Apple yet, only because we don't see as much of it in the transportation side yet, but that, that is changing a little bit here every month. Um, and so they download the app. The two communicate through Bluetooth to one another, and we have a fully compliant EOBR on board the truck, and the driver or the fleet haven't spent a dollar on any hardware. 
So it's a pretty unique way to go to to to, to satisfy a, a impending requirement. So it's only on the Android, and what was the other one? Android and Windows today, Windows Mobile. Okay. And the reason so if you have that, an iPhone, you can't you can't use it. You can't use it for the hours of service piece. You can still, you know, review all your reports and that kind of stuff. The All the management mm-hmm. portal stuff is available to view because it's available on mobile browsers. But um, we still are seeing pretty close to 70% um, from a marketplace perspective, Android and trucking. So um, the the Apple product's on our roadmap, but it, it's not something we've done. Um, and we've actually, as part of our partnership with Samsung, um, and Verizon, we have a very attractive offer coming in October that we'll see even the iPhone users most likely will opt into this tablet offer that's going to be coming down the road here in a few weeks. Okay, so then then the Apple users can use it. Well, what, really what it would be is the Apple users would, um, they would have a, a, a Samsung tablet which would run Android um, in addition to their smartphone. And okay. the pricing doing that would be really um, advantageous for them to to have that extra tablet and to do all, you know all the great things that come with it. Um, you know, I find interesting. Seven years ago, you were eighty five percent hardware. I, I read that I think on your blog. Um, yep. And now that now that's down to fifteen percent. So um, another interesting thing. Um, and tell me, Jay Coughlin, did I? pronounce his name correctly? Yep, that's but, Jay Coughlin's our CEO and our chairman. Right. Um, he said that uh, competitors, uh, if they don't change their strategy, may not survive. Those those are strong words. And I think they're even even mildly spoken because if you think about it from a mobility strategy perspective, it's not just the product that's kind of at stake here where the drivers have the devices they want to use them it's the economics behind delivering it so not to get into a you know an economics lesson from a technology mm-hmm. company perspective but as a mandate looms and we have to equip roughly 3.2 million drivers with EOBRs doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out they're not going to want to spend you know a thousand to two thousand dollars a box to achieve that compliance Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. they're definitely all going to already have these devices, or the majority of them will, and at which time the, our competitors will be at a disadvantage, mostly economics-based, but also just from a user perspective. I'll, I constantly challenge my competitors in that they don't ever think about the driver when they're designing a product or a strategy. They're always thinking about the fleet, which is, you know, which is fine if that's your strategy, but for a mandate to really be successful across, you know, not just the the driver community and the industry, but also from a government perspective, for them to really get an ROI out of this mandate, it has to be driven by the driver. So it can't be all about the fleet. It can't be all about Big, big Brother. And right. uh, they're totally missing that boat. Right, right. What um, what what's your feedback from the drivers uh, with the bring your own device versus you know the cope? What what are they saying? It's 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 unanimous in that the drivers and and we have a couple of customers where the drivers are actually given a choice of a couple different providers. 
you know, Qualcomm, PeopleNet, or XRS. And the drivers, especially the owner-operators, are always selecting XRS because it's not invasive. Um, the driver doesn't have to, you know, drill 100 holes in their truck to, you know, make it work. They don't have vehicle service for a day to have it installed. You know, they they can do so many more tasks on the same device or leverage the one they already have versus, you know, a single-purpose device that's mounted to the dash of a truck. Um, additionally, law enforcement prefer the form factor and the portability of XRS and that it can be passed out the window. Law enforcement can quickly look at the last 7, 8, 14 days, depending on jurisdiction or, or rules, and the driver moves on his way. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a better experience all the way around. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's, again, part of the, the not only the strategy but the deliverable was to make something self-evident. And often what we'll get from our customers is the challenge isn't the drivers learning it. It's really and, – and, and at Zoo, this was a big topic, and we had a, um, a, a really cool driver that worked for a company called Allied Automotive Group, and they, they move cars or a car hauler, and we could maybe do a show with him, you know, in the future – Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he really said, he goes, they gave me seven minutes of training, and I was on my way. And that was wow. it. And he really wow. just knew how to use it. And it was because, and, I, and then in the same conversation, I said, Jeff, what, what do you use for a phone or communication on the road? And he said, I have this smartphone here, and he pulled out a Galaxy S3 um, Android smartphone, and he said this. And I said, did that help? He goes, yeah, I mean, all the menus are the same. Everything is the same. So it was pretty easy for me to navigate through your product. Okay. Of course, um, you know, there's there's that big uh, elephant in the room that, you know, drivers kind of, you know, are stuck on as far as the um, harassment issues. Now, I know uh, you you had said on your blog Drivers should review the previous day's hours of service to see if any back office edits have been made. Um, you know, I know we spoke about this on the last show, but can you help drivers understand that um, they are in control of this all the way across the sure. board and how that works? Right. So, again, one of the benefits of XRS over other systems was, and actually it's written into the FMCSA's definition of 395.15, which is the AOBRD, which is the devices that everybody's using today, including XRS, um, is um, compatible with that regulation. Some devices that are out there, I know that UDrove has one, which is a probably a really cool app, but it's not an automated hours of service product. It's nothing more than an electronic version of paper, which is not the same thing. So the listeners should really kind of educate themselves on the difference between the two. But an AOBRD, or an EOBR as we talk about it, as defined by the FMCSA under a rule 395.15, stipulates that the vehicle has to be synchronized to the mobile app. And um, and then as such, with that, the driver has the ability um, to track any changes that have been made and by whom and where they were made. So to that very point you just made, Donna, when the driver wakes up in the morning, they're at the rest stop, they go to start their day, they go to perform their pre-trip inspection, it will notify the driver that, hey, you know what, somebody made some changes to your logbook. 
And here is specifically the changes that were made. And we actually have a graphical representation that looks exactly like paper, so the drivers totally get it right away. There's no voodoo or, you know, interpretation of numbers and dates and times and, you know, GMT conversions, um, time zone conversions. Very simple, easy for the driver to get, just like they look at today. Shows them what was different. The driver can then accept it or reject it. That audit trail of both the person who made the adjustment, where they made it, and the driver accepting or rejecting it is completely tracked um, across all facets, so both on the mobile device as well as in the back office. And so when you talk about driver harassment or um, you know all those other components which are very real, and I, I think if anything out of our driver um, experience board we had at Matt's that came out of it, you know, for me, being, you know, a naive guy in the technology space was you're not really thinking about, well, what, what happens to the driver if this or if then or they don't, they can't do it or they're tired. You know, all the industry can do is provide the data in a way that can't be biased. So if it's dispatch that's making changes or a safety department and it's not accurate, the driver should have the evidence to defend it. Um, and okay. so we've made that available in XRS. Okay, and that can't be deleted. Be deleted. It tells you who specifically made the changes at what time and at what location. Okay. And they and they can't delete those. Like, you know, they can't make it invisible. It's it's recorded. 100% recorded. Invisible okay. to the driver before he or she accepts it. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, I'm looking here because your e-logs, uh, the XRS Corp, the platform like you said, to be certified uh, certified 395.15 compliant. So it, it kind of catches everything. It catches um, who edited the log, what was edited, and it even includes a before and after image, when the edit was made, and uh, documentation as to why it was edited. So all that is captured, and then the driver has the opportunity to go in and disagree or agree with the, with the editing. And Correct. So, uh, so that's how that's how y'all become uh, compliant with the 395.15. You, you catch the who, what, when, and why. You got it. And it's a, it's mandatory. The difference is that we present it to the driver. So, if you look at a lot of the other systems out there, Alan and Donna, they will tell you that your log's been changed, but they don't tell you what's been changed. Let's say your log's been changed. You have to accept it. And mm -hmm. one of the feedbacks we got from the driver community was, that's fine, but I don't remember what I did yesterday explicitly. What did you change? You know, I know you said you reduced my um, or you increased my um, off-duty time or decreased, you know, whatever the particular status is, but I don't know where you did it. And it may or may not have impact on driver settlement. It may or may not have impact on driver's ability to do a job later. It may or may not have impact on personal conveyance. This way, we gave the information to the driver exactly how they would have seen it on paper so they know what was changed. Awesome. And I think that's that's really a very, uh, very important factor um, that, you know, drivers need to be aware of uh, with this uh, mobile technology that XRS offers to them. And, of course, you know we we try um you know to to explain this as much as we can and uh a, a lot of times people become so fixated on well we don't want them that they're they they're just totally um oblivious to the fact that well you know whether you want something or not 
you know, it, it's coming, so you need to do your research and find out the best thing available to you because hiding your head in the sand isn't going to change things or, uh, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people write in and, and, I mean, as well as we did also how we feel about uh, EOBRs being, you know, mandated and, and all like that, but the, the fact remains that if if they are mandated, which, um, well, so far they were, there's a lot of controversy going on with it all, but, um, you know, you need to f- do your research and have your, you know, plan B ready to go into effect, and, and that's what we try to uh, tell drivers. Yeah, you know what, and I, I think, the you know, the reciprocal side to that for your listening, uh, for your listeners, is that, this this change hurts no matter where it comes from the 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 395.3 HOS reset and mandatory breaks is a perfect example of a decision that has a huge impact on somebody and 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 it, and it sucks um so mm-hmm. the EOBR mandate or ELD mandate depending on what they want to call it is no different in that um outside of the fact that you know having lived through this since 1994 now it really does appear that this is going to happen to the point where people aren't protesting it as much. They realize what it is. The harassment's been addressed. Whether or not how that facilitates and operationalizes is still to be determined after it goes into effect. But this is the opportunity for the trucking industry to transform. I don't think you could ever find a trucker out there that would say, you know what, you, you, you know, I, I, this will call the light where the inefficiencies or um, challenges are for the industry, whether it's in the truck or in the dispatch or at the broker or at the, de- at the Department of Transportation level. This is about transparency across supply chain. It, it isn't just about the driver. So the listeners can get anything out of it is the dispatchers are just as much accountable. The brokers will be just as much accountable. And a lot of what the ELD mandate will do is provide the drivers the evidence to defend themselves in the event something goes on. Having lived through this before, and if you model the United States after what has already happened in Europe and Germany with the tachograph and everything else, what this forced the industry to do was to say, here's the reality of what we can move from a capacity, and here's what it costs, and it inevitably will will turn to some sort of a rate increase. Drivers need to make money. Everybody needs the wheels need to keep moving. Trucks need to be maintained. New trucks need to be sold. Um, it's just part of the evolution, and we need this tool or this mandate. I'm not for it or against it. Um, it will enable us to get a new read, a measurement on where we are as an industry that could have a profound positive impact on the driver relating to rates um, and transparency and give them a ton of power that they don't have now because of the perception out there. Yeah, well, that reminds me of a question, and um, this is for you too, Ellen. Uh, I know a lot of drivers, you know, complain about being held up at the loading docks, you know, with shippers and receivers. Um, would this help, you know, keep track of how long they're delayed so that there is, you know, any kind of um, recorded detention pay? Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it keeps track of all of it. 
Yeah, you'd be able right. to identify arrival times, departure times. If you're part of a big fleet and you're an owner-operator, your arrival and departures will automatically be sent. You don't have to trigger anything. Um, it'll all It's all integrated into those networks, so EDI transactions will take place of the driver doing anything. You know, the driver will also one – of the, one of the really neat things that we added um, to XRS, Donna, after we had that meeting, um, you know, and you guys scared the lights out of me relating to what life on the road is like – um, was we produced a portal login for the drivers to use. So very similar to the performance and trip reporting that we have for the fleet, the driver can now see, print, and, and monitor themselves. So mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if for whatever reason, you know, you're sitting at, you know, one of the big retailers for an hour and 25 minutes, and you're supposed to get paid after you've been waiting for 30 minutes, whatever your contract is, Mm -hmm. You now have the tools and the evidence to say, I was here for this long, and you didn't before. It's no longer right. she said, she said. You have the same facts the shipper and the same facts that the fleet has. Big benefit. Um, I'm just curious, um, since since Matt's, which was um, back in March, has any um, you know significant changes been made to the technology you know, I know you had the input of uh, the drivers that attended that meeting that night. Um, you know, was anything applied? Like the biggest one would be the driver portal. So we giving the driver okay, visit. That's the one. Okay. Has. But we've also, um, and we're in the process of releasing a, a whole new IFTA module for the drivers to be able to completely manage their IFTA. It's included in the subscription. Um, and it completely automates IFTA um, in all jurisdiction, factors in toll roads, fuel purchases, integrates to all the major fuel and card lock systems that are out there, and um, really can simplify life on the road. We've had a lot of great feedback from drivers that are testing it right now. Don't have to keep track of receipts anymore. Don't have to keep track of odometer and crossing state lines. We've done a really good job to produce that tool for the drivers, you know, which was one of the big things that a lot of the drivers talked about was they don't want to be doing all this administrative paperwork on the weekends and when they're sitting, you know, in the back of the cab after driving for, you know, way too long. Okay. Um, th this is kind of like off the beaten path a little bit. But um, what, what did you think of that letter um, to Secretary Fox about, you know, the 51 representatives from the House and, um, you know, they sent about the 34-hour restart provision for the HOS and, you know, uh, FMCSA didn't do their study yet and yet it's still into law. What do you think is coming out of that? Yeah, you know, my opinion is, um, well, my, let me just start it by saying this. Every time the FMCSA or state-level DOT makes a decision that impacts hours of service or um, IFTA or, you know, any way that we have to report driver time, hours, fuel, usage, whatever, it is a massive investment for us. Um, in, in the millions of dollars it costs us to make the changes to our products to comply with the new 395.3 rules. So I'll be the first to say that I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, not because um, it cost us money, but because when we talked to the industry, the drivers, the fleets, you know, the private carriers, the over-the-road carriers, there wasn't one industry or association that said this makes sense. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, from a product perspective and strategy perspective, which is my job here, the first thing we would never do is build something that nobody wants. Um, and so when you look at the operational benefits, ROI, safety, um, I didn't I didn't get it, Donna. I didn't understand it, and I, I was, um, you know, I would say I was lock in step with the ATA and, you know, even OIDA on this one that I, I didn't get it, and it didn't make sense. So, you know, taking another kick at the can, um, you know, going to the Secretary of Transportation, I think it makes sense. Um, that said, my opinion is I think the horse has left the barn on this one, and I don't think we're going to see it change back. Um, I've been wrong before, but the money's been spent um, mm-hmm. on all levels, both private and in the government, so I don't know how they would unwind it. Um, I, you may see additional exemptions like we saw for the livestock and, um, and uh, you know, short hauler local carriers. I don't, I don't, I don't know if this will change. Okay. Well, I mean, what I can't don't understand why they didn't complete the study. Um, I mean, that's what boggles my mind. You're you're supposed to complete it what, what, <laughs> because it's government. Yeah, you know. that's right. You know, actually, I attended a uh, a conference I spoke at in Princeton, um, New Jersey, and there was a, rep, uh, a representative there who made a comment about the efficiency of the government. I don't want to make this me making fun of the government, but it was regarding the. Postal Service, uh, the U.S. Postal Service stopping service on Saturdays and that Mm -hmm. they needed to have a one-year extension to stop doing something. And when you stop and think about that for just a second, that I need an extension to stop doing something, you know you've got some kind of a problem. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the part that, you know, that I couldn't understand is – you know, if you if you say you're going to have the study completed, then you know obviously everybody should be, you know, running around and saying, well, we better complete this study. And it it looks like you know they just um, didn't take it serious enough. Uh, so I don't know that. I guess that bothered me a lot. That, that, yeah, that I, they didn't do that. And I agree with you, Donna. Whenever somebody makes a decision in a vacuum and doesn't understand the impact, you know, I I spend a lot of time with our customers, some some really large ones, and you know, right now the number that's being tossed around here, and we have all the data to back it up, so we know the efficiency loss is around twelve percent. So I mean, mm-hmm. you can start to put, you know, you you figure if you have. And you, you know, ten thousand trucks on the road, and all of a sudden you're twelve percent less efficient. That is a mm-hmm. lot of trucks you have to go buy. A lot of drivers you got to go hire, which isn't a bad thing. But ultimately, whatever it is you're going to move, the price just went up. And that's the right. part we haven't. But we're going to see it. Trust me. Mm. Well, let's hear from a driver. Uh, let's go to. Uh, uh, North Dakota area code seven zero one. Uh, go ahead. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Are you there? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Go ahead. Hello. Uh, who is this? This is Debbie. Oh, hey, Debbie. Hey, I have a few very important questions to ask. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I want to ask about the cost. I work for, a uh, second question is I work for a small company. I'm leased on to a small company. I own my own track and trailer. And now the data that is collected, who does that data go to? Does it go to my, the company that I'm leased on to? Or does it go to a third party who then transmits the data to him? How does all this work? 
And then number three, um, how do you how do you know how to wire it into your truck to send directions? How does that work? And do you have to have like I have a Android four phone with Google and everything? Would that work too? I'm sorry, I'm talking really fast, but you have me really excited. Perfect. A lot of great questions, Debbie. Uh, first, cost, pretty simple, $30 a month. So there's no hardware to buy, and if you have a Google Android smartphone, it should already work. We have a list of devices that we've pre-tested on our website, xrscorp.com, that I believe the link's up at the top right-hand corner. Um, as far as who owns the information, it normally resides in the ownership of who owns the authority. So if you're operating under the authority of a smaller carrier, but it's under their DOT number, they would ultimately own the responsibility for the hours of service and IFTA information, but you would have access to that data. So what happens is your phone, once you download our app, all the data that's collected out of the truck and from you relating to hours of service, IFTA, fuel purchases, you know, all the necessary evil to complete the task, will communicate over your phone and arrive in a database, which is, you know, to avoid the buzzword, in the cloud, it's up in the Internet, where your authority would be able to access it if they were the ones who wanted to, or and you would be able to access it. So, again, it's all username and password, and um, it completely operates off of uh, mobile devices in the Internet. So you don't need to download any software um, outside of the mobile app. Everything will just work in the Internet. And then as far as installation, it's one cable to that six or nine pin plug down by your left knee. And that's all you have to do. So there is something that goes in the truck. Yeah, so there's that, a that small hockey puck size. Okay. You got it. There's a small relay that plugs into the, into the ECS. And it uh, communicates through Bluetooth to your smartphone. Um, yes. Now, did you say anything about how much the cost was for that little device that you said that has to go on my dash? Yeah, it is included in the $39 a month. So kind of think of it as your, you know, your cable set-top box that okay. while you service, we give you the box, and when you're done, you send it back. That's how the program works, really based on the fact that, you know, we, we believe um, that in order to be successful in the marketplace, we can't have an additional expense for the driver or the fleet to incur, especially once you get into some of the smaller organizations like yours, Debbie, there's not exactly uh, high on the list is is not to go spend a money on computers and drill holes and trucks. Right. Now I have one other question. What if you log, like when I'm out and about up here, I am logging in my log, but when I go home, I'm running local, so I have a daily log that I keep track of, you know, where I can work. It's 12 hours a day. I don't have to take that half-hour break, you know. Can you switch from one to the other, or is that still something that I'd have to do by hand? Now, so you can you can, you can can cross between rules, and, and the way that it's done is dispatch would actually move you from one entity to the other day by day. So if Monday, Tuesday, you're on the eight-hour rule, you're out driving around, and then on Wednesday – you hop into local, so you don't have, you're you're within inside the hundred miles, so you don't have to do the on duty, off duty driving thing. Then you know you 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 operate like that. The system still calculates that usage. The next day you come back on the eight hour or whatever hour you're, whatever rule you're going to run, then you're you're all set. Okay. 
So it, right. it allows you to navigate back and forth. Again, the authority, the, DOT, the, the owner of the authority is the one who dictates what rule is used in operation. Okay, one other really quick question. How do you get information? Like, I would like to give information about you to my company because they're going to need this. Like you said, this is coming. This is a no-brainer. And we've been looking for something that would be very reasonably priced. And your sounds like the best so far. So how would I get him the information from you? So a couple of ways. I mean, um, there's a number of links on Ask the Truckers website that, that can link you to us and our products. Um, I believe right now there's a couple of active links, but our website is a great place to start, um, which is xrscorp.com. Another okay. one that's easier, okay. to, easier to remember, if you can remember the swear word EOBR, and just go to eobr.com, that's our website, and that, that okay. link is one of our pages, and you can get to us through there as well. All right. Well, I can't thank you enough for answering my question. You're very welcome. Yeah, do you have, 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 has he answered them all? Do you have any more? No, he says, I'm sorry, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I get going, I get going, and I, I'll be the first to admit it. But when I want to know about something, I want it explained to me. I want to be able to fully understand it. Oh, I'm the same exact way. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, so anal about things. It's Ask Alan. I mean, I just keep going and going. That's why I have to control myself. But, um, yeah, no, I was I was really being serious Do you, if you had any more that you could think of. Because if you're thinking uh, of them, then other people are thinking uh, of them also. Okay, do all DOT officers recognize this technology? Are there any blank spots out there? Because, you know, I pull a grain hopper. I know where to bury the body. In other words, I take a walk in the woods all the time. Am I going to run into, like, gaps in this? And how do you fix that? Right. So, number one, we have all the recognized roads for the United States as part of the system. So you, you won't run into gaps as far as, you know, where, you know, to be compliant. That said, as far as the officers and DOT officers' understanding of how these systems work, I think like anything else, there's a learning curve. So it's getting a hell of a lot better, um, and a lot of them are educated. We invest a lot of money every year in educating law enforcement in all jurisdictions, um, um, you know, at a federal level, state level, and even in in many cases, you know, at a city level. Um, so it's getting a lot better. But that said, part of the regulation stipulates that we have to give the driver um, and include for use in the vehicle what's called a cab card. And the cab card stipulates step-by-step to law enforcement how they, you know, uh, retrieve um, hours of service information out of the device. Okay. So you okay. pass that with the device to the law enforcement officer. They figure it out. If they have further issues, um, which, you know, time to time will happen, um, there's phone numbers on that cab card that direct them into support here, and we have people that can help them. And we also have um, people on staff that do nothing but communicate and, and, you know, work with local enforcement, state and federal, to handle any issues that may fall outside of the norm. Because sometimes citations are issued um, for little minor things. Um, could be uh, training, in which case we have the people that will go and fight on behalf of our customers and drivers to get rid of those citations. All right. I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank, <clears throat> thanks, Debbie. And, you know, really, Christian, two two major driver issues came out of um, those questions from Debbie that I caught. 
the first one was, um, and you brought up economics earlier, but the first one was cost, you know, price. You know, they're especially owner-operators, independent contractors. Of course, they're looking at economics. So if um, by going to your mobile app and uh, affecting the cost of, you know, the data plan that they're already on, you're just saying that's just, uh, it's just, it's only $39 a month and that's it. That's right. And then they wow. operate their smartphones. I mean, if they don't have a smartphone, they got to go get one. But at the end of the day, you know, those range from $0 to depending on how fancy you want to go. Right. So, okay. So, so very, very minimal cost. And the second issue that came out of her questions that I caught that a lot of drivers are concerned about with this new technology is, uh, Security. I mean, how uh, you know we we keep hearing this term. You know, it's it's up there in the cloud. You know, in the cloud. How how secure is this? I mean, um, with the use of right. the Samsung Android devices, I know it's I know it's uh, used in like fifty devices. I mean, what about security? I mean, drivers are concerned about you know we we hear about all this hacking, all this stuff that goes on. How secure is this? question, Alan. Um, so you covered the cost one pretty well. I mean, and from a security perspective, there's a couple of different answers. So I'll separate it by mobile versus the buzzword. So mobile one first, advancements over the last couple, specifically the last year with certain manufacturers, Samsung being one, I would say, would definitely be the leader in this space. And some of the certifications that they've received, including FIPS compliance, their devices are used by the FBI, um, the Department of Defense, um, Secret Service. So the ability to encrypt information on mobile devices is already there. And as I called out to my competitors a you know, hundred times, I would love to go head-to-head -head between any of them and Samsung from a security perspective. I think it would be a pretty comical outcome. Um, really? But the, yeah, yeah, I'm just based on the amount of investment. I mean, there's no way any EOBR hardware could ever compete with the amount of certifications and third-party testing that have to be done for a company like Samsung who's based in Korea to sell devices that are used by the Department of Defense. I mean, just that in itself would we should raise some eyebrows in that these devices are very secure. Um, secondly, as far as in the cloud goes, this is one of the benefits of in the cloud is that it's that secure. Um, if you think of all the large banking institutions, um, trade, uh, stock trading, um, all of that product that exists out there is in cloud infrastructure um, because it's scalable and secure and less expensive. So I would, I would, as a rule of thumb to your listeners, if they're using a website today, it's in the cloud. And if they're logging in and doing banking online, that's in the cloud. If they're using a mobile app to, you know, send money to their kids, that's in the cloud. So if you're okay with, you know, uh, the cloud having access to your money, you should have no problem giving them access to your hours of service. Um, and that, with that said, everything's encrypted. It's all password protected and uh, in, in a very high secure environment. Our product specifically is at Amazon, which is the largest cloud provider in the world. Okay, well, when you throw out things like the FBI and, D and the Department of Defense, that's um, I don't know how much higher you can go than that. 
So right, exactly. Well, I I have a question. What about um the, your your data plan? And I know you did address sure. this on your blog, because I know people are going to be wondering. Well, wait a minute. You know how how many how big do I have to have a, a data plan before you know I'm going to be charged tons of money? Sure, it's a great question. Um, you know what? And, and the best way I would say the best way to answer it is it really depends, but it's very simple. Um, the app only uses around 10 megabytes a month. Um, so if you think about that, if I were to open up my Android device right now, I use more data checking my online banking than I ever would doing my hours of service and transmitting all the information we use. So we spend a lot of time, energy, and resources focusing on compressing the information we send over the air. We're very low consumption. Um, that said, um, the rate plans that are available, if you're using a smartphone, chances are you have more data than you would ever be able to use. Um, and how the wireless providers, specifically Verizon, Sprint, AT&T, the amount of data they include in the rate plans is huge, usually measured in the gigabyte, not the megabyte. Um, we never, ever run into that issue. So the way that I, I normally answer that is if you've got a smartphone, you've already got enough data to handle our app. Um, and if you don't, then we have all the right rate plans with our partners, Verizon, Sprint, AT&T, to ensure that that is not a challenge for you. Okay. Well, you know, I, I can understand that because, you know, without putting it in perspective and comparing it, um, you, you just don't have any idea of, you know, how much it's going to use. So um, that I think that really put the whole thing <clears throat> in perspective and answers, you know, that question for, for those who have it, which I think a lot of people are going to be wondering that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, and, you know, Get some okay. of the new coming out, Samsung Fleet on the Verizon network, and, and some of those you know really cool things that we'll be announcing here in October. Um, you know, drivers that don't have smartphones or have smartphones and want to get a tablet, there's going to be some you know pricing out there associated with XRS and Samsung that um, you, you won't be able to touch even if you walked in off the street and uh, you know tried to buy a tablet and rate plan by itself. You'll be able to run an EOBR for less than that. Wow. Well, I, you know, I hope people are really listening to all this because, you know, I know um, now, like you said, now people are, are less resistant and many are starting to tune into, okay, well, I better, you know, investigate what I need to do. And uh, they they haven't really listened prior to this, so now they're they're into their plan B mode and, uh, they're really taking note of all these. I know I've got a few Facebook um, messages here that I'm trying to handle while I'm uh, looking at the chat room and listening. Uh, yeah. By the way, um, someone said great questions. Um, I guess they were talking uh, about Debbie's question she called in. So evidently they also were, you know, were wondering about the same thing. Um, I was going to ask you, um, well, I guess, first of all, this term trucking intelligence, this is all uh, a term regarding smartphones and everything we've been discussing, right? I mean, there's nothing more added to that word, that phrase. Well, you know, I would say that if I were to summarize it, it is about the um, simplification of everything that this industry has made really hard for the last 20 years. Um, 
trucking intelligence when I summarize it in front of a you know a fleet owner or a driver is about making things that were really complex very easy and further elaborating on it. So, you know, today it's everything we've talked about. In the future, it'll be a lot more or could be a lot more. You know, there's mm-hmm. a ton of things that we're working on as a company that can, you know, produce additional value for the driver um, and the fleet. Um, everything, you know, from wearables and these watches that are popping up all over the Internet now. And, you know, can one day my watch be an EOBR? Not that that's the case today. One day it may be. Um you know, and we're working on a lot of projects right now with connected um, vehicle to infrastructure. Um, is there a way to incorporate tolling into what we're doing today? Um, we did a big project um, with a couple of partners to be able to do um, bypass um, for wave scale and inspection. And the goal with that project is to be able to give the driver and the fleet a level one clean inspection without ever pulling over. And we successfully did this in front of Ann Farrow and a bunch of others in Washington a couple of months ago, where we were able to take a truck driving down the road, pass all the DVIR hours of service information, necessary um, DOT and vehicle statistics over to law enforcement. They got it in the in their booth. Two miles later, we send a message to the driver saying, bypass, he drove right through the way station, got um, all the necessary um, information passed to law enforcement and had enough information passed that they could have given him a level one clean inspection. So there's a lot more to come in trucking intelligence, but where we are today is, uh, you know, making it simpler, but definitely going to build on it. Wow. That, that's incredible. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty awed by that. Um. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, what we did is we actually, we produced a video of it, Donna. Um, I'll send it to you and you can maybe share with your users I'd it was uh, truly remarkable. Um, we had, uh, you know, literally Ann Farrow there, uh, a bunch of other state and local law enforcement, and you had a truck driving towards the way scale two miles ahead of time, sent all the notification, driver got notifications, said requesting bypass. The bypass was sent to the to the law enforcement. The, the system itself did all the pre-checking, ensured the driver had the available hours, all that Voodoo, all the algorithms and, and weighted percentages based on carrier safety um, were sent. The system made a determination to bypass the driver, sent him a message, said bypass, and he never slowed down. And 3,500 wow. trucks had to pull. So mm. very cool. And if you think about where that could go, I mean, there's endless opportunities. Wow. Yeah, that is pre- that is pretty cool. Um, let, let's get back up a little bit and um, – I'm just trying to think of like what are some of the pros and cons uh to the the cope device versus the um bring your own device. I mean what what are some of the things people will say yeah but this is better because, you know, type of deal. Sure. You know, and I I I'll honestly say from a driver perspective, there's no driver who would say I'd rather have a huge massive keyboard bolted in the truck of my, you know, bolted in the cab of my truck. Um, from a fleet perspective, some of the old systems are more predictable. You know, I, I have a system in the truck that does one thing, and it doesn't give all the freedom to the driver, therefore it must not break as much. Or, you know, it looks really old, so it must work. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of different um, 
interpretations of COPE versus BYOD. And, and I, I won't say COPE isn't good. I would just say the option is what we provide to the marketplace. A lot of our customers' fleet still will go out and COPE by definition as a corporately owned employee enabled uh, or personally enabled. It just means that the device is owned by the fleet. Our strategy says that device that's owned by the fleet can be very inexpensive, could be a tablet or a smartphone, and can be as little as $0 and do all the same things plus a whole lot more of the traditional systems. So to us, it's not so much COPE versus BYOD as it is about choice. And uh, that's what we've produced in our model is choice. The other and, piece and what is the cost of one of those? Of a tablet? Or a smartphone? No, one or of the a, big or bulky ones. Yeah. yeah, so if you look, um, there was actually an article that was just produced. I think it was Transport Topics put it out. Um, the lowest cost one right now for an old legacy system was $899 for the hardware plus, you know, probably $250 to put it in, and that was a Qualcomm MCP50. And I believe you have okay. to sign a five-year agreement to get that price. And is there a monthly so, fee on that, or is it once it's yeah, in, it's in? Yeah, so I believe it's around thirty-five dollars to operate it every month, but I'm not. I'm not one hundred percent sure. And that's so per truck, of course. Per truck, yeah. And you still have to install it. Wow. So it's pretty so it's much a, a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. It's a no-brainer. I mean, if you're going to buy and you're going to end up buying something like that, then I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do you still offer those if people are like, no, I want that? I mean, is that something you could give somebody if they really wanted it? No. Um, no. We can't, and uh, we don't want to for a lot of reasons, all the ones we talked about. But mostly is it's hard to support, and it's expensive, and it goes against everything we're trying to do as a company. Um, mm-hmm. We can provide the same look and feel. So if you want a 7-inch display that's fixed to the dash, we have mm-hmm. a way to sell you a mount that will fix it to the dash, but it's okay. not going to be $1,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could charge you $1,000, but you won't have to pay it. Right. That's just included with the monthly fee, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it really just depends on the form factor and where the driver wants to put it. Wow. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up the uh, your other website, the EOBR.com, correct? Yep, I had forgotten all about that one. Yeah, and that—that's uh, <laughs> just where y'all you kind of uh, just keep everybody up on the news on what's happening, you know, in the world of EOBRs, right? Is—is is that yep, more of like it. a blog, more of like a blog, right? Yeah, it's not really a salesy pitch thing. It's more here's where we're at, here's what we're doing. Um, we don't update it necessarily with sales collateral, but we do have a piece in there that says send me more information about EOBRs if you're interested. And so that's that's what we've got there. So it's really more of a resource than it is a, a website, something we put together for the industry. And that was uh, pretty compelling when EOBR was the buzzword until they changed it to ELD for whatever reason. Now this this I'm I'm trying to kind of bring this all together where it's easily understood. So instead of the the bulky EOBR, all the wires and the drilling the holes and everything. XRS, you guys, so you just have like a hockey puck-sized device, and and now does that go on the dash or the mounted to the engine? It's 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 mounted on the dash. It's very small, about the size of a hockey puck. The cable runs just 
you know, either over or under the dash and plugs in with a, what's called a Deutsch connector, depending on the model of the truck. It's one cable. Um, and it's got an adhesive Velcro. So it, there's no holes to drill, no screws. It's very non-invasive. And it does everything you need it to do. Okay. And that device is called the XRS Relay. And it transfers right. the data wirelessly to the driver's mobile device uh, via Bluetooth connection. Correct. Okay, and then and then the driver's mobile device, uh, the BlackBerry, whatever they have, uh, then that stores the data into the XRS cloud. Yeah, that's what sends. That's what relays it into the cloud, and and also makes it available for representation should you need to show your last seven, eight, or fourteen days, depending where you're driving. Okay, so that's kind of putting it in, in just uh, real quick, simple terms, Donna. Yeah, I just posted that EOBR site um, on uh, Facebook. Okay, I'm sure, that's going to get some. Yeah, I put it on the the chat room too. So, um, all right, so well. So where you go from where's XRS go from here? I mean, what's uh what's your plans in the future? What's uh anything new going on? Uh you want to share with us? There's a bunch of stuff that we're working on. I mean, we're working on I mentioned uh we've got a couple of projects ongoing relating to that connected vehicle stuff. I mentioned some of the stuff we're doing with bypass, um which will make life on the road better for the driver but also reduce some costs for the fleets. Um we are working on um, a new trip module that will help drivers see where they're going on the same device, almost allow them to plan their trip, kind of like moving checkers on a, you know, on a checkerboard. So some really intuitive ways to do some route planning. Uh, that's more for the, you know, LTL guys got a lot of stops in the day. Um, we've also um, been working with some pretty big names in the wearables space. So if you think about companies like Fitbit, um, we talked about Samsung earlier relating to the watch. We are doing some really futuristic things around driver fitness and fatigue, um, just for concept at this point, but I think it's got some legs as we try to measure driver sleep apnea. And so we've been working um, with companies like Fitbit that is just important a bracelet the drivers can wear that monitors um, how much sleep they've gotten and can allow us to predict fatigue before it happens, and it's not based on an hours or a calendar or some sort of rudimentary number. It's based on the actual human body. So um, it's all very futuristic. We don't see ourselves putting sensors all over drivers by any stretch of the imagination, but we're thinking way out there in that, um, you know, if there's a way, and, and that was really, Donna, based on the conversations we had at Matt's, that what happens if the driver's tired but he has hours left? And that got my mind wandering. So we've been um, doing some research and some experimental development around that. We've got a couple of pretty cool things in the works. So um, not that we want to start tracking the driver's sleep, but I think there's some opportunity down the road that it could be more based on the human body than on some voodoo number that somebody came up with in Washington. Yeah, well, it's very interesting that you brought that up because there was a blog post um, I believe on uh, Trucker to Trucker's blog, um, and they were actually one of one of the fellows that did like a three-year research project. Actually, went on board with these drivers, and the one thing that he found very remarkable was the same thing that I brought up earlier uh, in our conversation was the shippers and receivers not having loads ready. 
and, you know, going right into the driver's uh, time, and they have to make a decision, you know, well, what do I do? Do I try to rest now or, you know, because you don't know how long it's going to take. And I'm just wondering when when you're saying something like that, if if this can actually, um, what am I trying to say? You know, pinpoint, well, this is why this driver's tired and therefore type of thing. I mean, do you see where I'm going with that? Totally. I think, you know, as an industry, the the driver wants to make money and the fleet wants to make money, but nobody wants to put public safety at risk. So mm-hmm. the hours of service in 395.3 and the resets are to try to put some mathematical algorithm to when the human driver should be tired. But to your point, some things are out of control. I can tell you right now, if you told me to pull over and sleep at 3 o'clock, I'm not going to fall asleep. Right. So right. the fact that that's the case, I, I can't if, – if we can prove as an industry that somebody is tired um, – for all the right reasons and have transparency to it, should that driver have to drive when they're tired, regardless of why they could or couldn't sleep? Public safety. No, absolutely and not, and that was the whole that. point. No. Right. I mean, yeah. so I think there's a lot of opportunity with you know future technology that's just out there today and how we can incorporate it into trucking. And that's yeah. one example of something we're working on. And I think it's going to be a, a home run when we're done. I think so too. I'm pretty excited about it. Wouldn't that be a great, Alan? You know, they could pinpoint all these problems. I mean, I'm not a driver, and I, I can only, you know, imagine from what I read. And um, you know, you on the other hand, you know, you experience all this or have experienced it when you were OTR. Um, so, you know, I find it unbelievable. You know how they can be you know, just forced to to drive when they're tired. I know when I'm tired, you can't force me to, to walk, let alone drive. <laughs> well, well, I think this is where, <clears throat> Christian, I think this is where your company stands out from the rest because, um, you know, the the other EOBRs, they're, they're mainly concerned with the company, but you guys are really digging into the heart of the life of the driver and really are trying to figure out well how can we make this better and easier for the driver. I think that's the I think that's the main place where y'all stand out. I think that's a good point to it too, but I, I also think from a fleet perspective, if you could stand in front of the largest companies in the country that employ the most drivers and say, if I could tell you a driver was too tired to operate your vehicle with your logo on the door and would endanger the public, do you want them driving? You wouldn't find one who would say yes. Oh, exactly. And, I mean, and yeah, and, and, yeah. I didn't mean it just purely for the driver. I mean, you're looking. I mean, really, you're looking out on both sides of the entire industry. You know, I mean, exactly. it's not just one sided. You're looking. You're looking at the entire industry as a whole. Yep, and I think that's the key piece is it's not going to be success on one front. It's got to be success across the board, and, and transparency from an industry is key, and the driver is a big component to that. It's the largest component, in my opinion. Well, listen, t- time's running down, but let's grab another caller here, Texas um, Area Code 210. Uh, thanks for holding. Welcome to the show. Yeah, good evening, Alan and Donna and Chris. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Hey, Jack. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing wonderful, Donna. Good to talk to you again. I tried uh, calling you here last week, but I figured you might be busy. But anyway, uh, 
I have a quick question. Okay, I've been advocating for a lot of people that are running uh, older trucks that are running uh, mechanical engines uh, that don't have the ECM with the uh, plug-in port that you're talking about uh, to where it would connect and be able to record the speed and all that. Is there a uh, way for a driver to be able to use that system off of a uh, GPS application of some sort to where they could still record all that activity and everything and not have to... uh, was it be tied in with the engine since there is nothing to tie into on Like, say, for instance, the guy's running an old uh, mechanical Cummins or mechanical CAD or uh, any of those old engines like that that don't have an electronic control device on them. Right. No, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, so, Jeff, the way it looks today is from an EOBR or AOBO, AOBRD perspective, the regulation clearly determines that there has to be synchronization to the engine. So in those vehicles that are mechanical where they don't have the ECM, which we're getting less and less of them out there, and you can you know tell just by the aging population. Actually, I, I, beg, I beg to differ. There's actually a lot more of them uh, starting to come back out now because people are getting tired of the issues with the uh, new emission engines. So there is a trend, of, trend catching on with people running older equipment. I write articles about these people all the time, so it's, I beg to differ with you on that. Sure, and you know what? I think you'll you'll see pockets of that exist anywhere you, you you come across issues, and there's definitely a cost component to running the electronic engines, uh, and and a lot of the emission stuff too causes problems. So it doesn't surprise me that we're starting to see a little bit more of that. I'll tell you from a overall industry because when we look at the marketplace um, statistics and how they're broken out in a couple of different industry databases. One of them, most prominent one is a product called FleetSeek, which looks at all the DOT registrations. You, you know, it's, it's, it's over 88% right now have electronic engines. Um, so yeah. the masses are there. There may be a trend to go find some of these more mechanical ones, but today in the regulation, there's no way to address it. That said, yeah, I understand. Yeah. That said, in the regulation, and there's a proposed rule that's being reviewed right now, it's supposed to be released um, sometime, you know, late fall, early winter, on the ELD mandate relating to what the technology has to do. And you guys may remember this, 395.16 a couple of years ago got kicked out for harassment based on a court case with OIDA. Uh, there is some new language in there that suggests there may be the opportunity to identify movement based on GPS. That would be a um, good option. This, and, uh... It'd yeah. be a good market to tap into if you could do it because uh, I've been trying to get in contact with uh, Qualcomm and some of the other big names out there about it, and uh, nobody has been able to give me a direct answer yet on this. So I'm trying to uh, get this for the people that are ri- represented and right for that are running the uh, older trucks out here and everything, especially a lot of the old classic trucks that are still working. Right. And then there's two different classifications of those, too. So if you think about determining movement, there's some trucks that were produced, you know, I'd say in the late 80s, early 90s that had um, magnetic sensors for vehicle speed sensors, so your speedometer would run off of pulse versus exactly. the cable. I used to work, I used to work on a lot and still uh, have those sensors. I think about 1983 or 84, you started to see more of those with the uh, magnetic sensors, and they were getting away from the uh, speedometer cables. Right. So the speedometer cable poses a, uh, an even further challenge. There's ways to get around it. But if there's a magnetic sensor, the way that we would like to address it and the way that um, the industry as a whole, between us and Qualcomm and some of the others that are out there, is there are adapters that you can buy that would allow us to measure distance by pulses. So the way a speedometer works is it takes into account how many pulses 
you know, per meter or per yard or per mile are calculated. So on an average, there may be 34,000 pulses that are emitted from a magnetic sensor in the course of a mile, which allows us to determine right away when movement happens, which by definition would say we know when it's moving versus some GPS that's floating out there. Because GPS would, would pose other technology issues. So there's technically ways to do it. It's more complex. Um, but we've already been working on, on different ways to satisfy it. But today it's not something that we have. Okay, that's what I wanted to ask, and uh, appreciate you guys taking my question. Anyway, Debbie, you called and earlier, and I were uh, going on vacation this week. So, uh, anyway, everybody else be safe out on the road, and uh, we're going to be taking off for a bit. All, All right. right. Great vacation, Jeff. Appreciate the call. All right. Take All right, care. Thanks. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. And All right. Well, uh do you all have a site where you actually get input from drivers like EOBR.com or something like that, Christian? Um, the majority of um, our driver community communicates through us through Facebook. Through Facebook, so, okay. Yes, got it. So, And Twitter, too. we got a ton of followers on Twitter. So we have roughly, I'd say, 12,000 on Facebook today, big following, a um, lot of communication going on there. I believe it's X Nation, not a, a huge Facebook person but let me just figure it out yeah i believe yeah that's that's your that's the facebook donna right x nation yes yeah because i know that's um uh just a huge social site uh so yeah it is x the letter x and nation on facebook so okay um well look our time's winding down appreciate you coming back on is there anything that uh we didn't touch on that you wanted to make sure you get out there you know what, I, I would say, um, you know, nothing outside of what I already said, but just in closing comments, I would say I, to the listeners is keep an open mind and let's figure out a way to make this ELD mandate something that the drivers can benefit from. And I think it's an industry and everything that people are doing out there, you know, with, uh, you know, Donna, your efforts in the industry, Al and yours, we can figure out a way to make this transparency turn into money for everybody. So, Let's let's keep an open mind. Definitely, we don't want to get into situations where there's harassment, but technology can definitely help everybody. And um, you know, we're definitely here to listen. So it's it's not all about the fleet anymore. Um, and we're 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 that company who wants to figure out a way to make it work. Well, thank you, and I think I couldn't agree with you more. And that's kind of like the point we've been trying to drive home too. So um, thank you for ending with that note. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. Appreciate Thanks, Christian. Today, guys. You bet. Thank All you right. very much. Have a great right. evening. Bye-bye. You too. Uh-huh. You too. Really appreciate it. So, um, well, they're a company on the move, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, and now looking into technology for driver fatigue and, and, and passing that information on, and I mean, it's pretty amazing, really, when you think about it. Well, you know, I, I noticed it um, at Matt's when I went to their meeting and they invited the drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I could tell right there that you know, you you don't you you don't get that motivated with things. And I know this from the things we do, and what others do, unless you're really um, tuned in and you care. And when I walked away, you know, a lot of times you walk away from a situation and you say, well, what is the main feeling you get out of that? 
And the number one thing I felt when I left that meeting from XRS is these are people that really care. And that was the message that I tried to share personally with others that I met. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a great company, and I'm really uh, really proud to you know be able to, that they're a sponsors. Uh, they were sponsors of the uh, Trucking Social Media Convention uh, for three years, even the one that we just had to postpone. So. Um, they're just great people, and I'm really happy to have them on board. Yeah, a lot of information on their website, xrscorp.com, uh, eobr.com. And like you, Don, I'd forgotten about that. but I, I've been I on forgot that. all about that when I, I I was using it in the, for a while when after he was first on our show. Yeah. And then, you know, you're on mental overload here with everything, and it just slipped out. Yeah, so. it's a good site, a lot of information, eobr.com, and they're on Facebook under X Nation, the letter X Nation on Facebook. So, uh, okay, listen, we will uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll see. I haven't even asked Donna if she has any announcements. I have I have a few really good announcements tonight. Oh, um, imagine that. Okay. Yeah. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll hear them. So we'll wrap it up here shortly. Just hang with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas, but they never work for trucking companies. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. And when you call truckerlawyers.com, be sure to mention that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. All right, Donna, I guess it's time to catch us all up with whatever you have to share. What's going on? Oh, you're on mute. Hi. Okay, I'm back. (laughs) First of all, I want to announce um, on a more serious note, now there is an active missing truck driver alert out 
uh, you can you can go to either our um, our page to see it or go right to the Facebook page of Missing Truck Driver Alert Network. All the information's on there. Um, the I can give you a d- description of the truck, and the driver's name is Marty Weller. Uh, he's with Belts Trucking, is on the side of the truck. The truck should be uh, very easy to find. It's purple with flames, and it's a freight liner. Last seen at uh, Hurricane Mills, or he was destined for Hurricane Mills, Tennessee, um, uh, on his way, finally, final uh shipment was to go to Concord, North Carolina. He has no GPS in the truck. So for more details, please please do go to the Missing Truck Driver Alert Network on Facebook, and, uh, and you can find all the details out on that. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to mute that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next thing I wanted to tell you about something that's pretty phone calls, emails, I know email blast, it, fax machine. <laughs> what, what, what did he call it? The trucking. Um, I forgot the term now. Trucking technology. Or, oh, you mean trucking intelligence? Trucking intelligence. Yeah, I mean it, it's constant here <laughs> between all the phones, the Facebook, and the Twitters, and the tweets. And um, anyway, okay. There it goes again. And. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was the 1,000-pound uh, challenge and 1,000,000-pound challenge. I'm sorry if Toby Bogart's listening; he's probably saying, "No, no, a million." Uh, anyway, what it is, and actually Toby's going to be on the show. Um, hopefully, he'll have uh, everything together by next week. Um, but anyway, it's uh, it's he had had this passion. Uh, for creating this uh, greater driver awareness in regards to health and wellness. And and this all began with his own personal journey, which inspired him for this idea of this one million pound challenge. And it's uh, basically going to be a a competition um, to inspire the industry to lose weight and to become more aware of their health because, you know, losing weight is the benefit, but being aware of your health and and your eating is, uh, you know, and your just your general well-being is what you're trying to achieve. So anyway, um, <clears throat> he'll be on the show to describe this great challenge that he's got going, and you can go to his Facebook page and read more about it. And it's the one million pound challenge, and you can register. And the prizes that they're going to be having for the, I believe it's the top three winners of this challenge. And of course, you know, it'll describe how you win, what you have to do, and all like that. Um, it, from what I understand, they're pretty pretty big uh, prizes for this for this thing. So, anyway, go to the one million, and it's the actual number. One million pound challenge, and uh, you can you can read all about it. And so we're pretty excited to share that with him. Um, the final announcement tonight: um, we get more and more uh, emails and blog posts on Ask the Trucker. Uh, a lot of people upset; they still don't understand. You know the PSP. Which you know, you say, well, that's hard to believe. But you know, if if you're not on these social media sites all the time, 
uh, you know, might be difficult to know about, and especially if your company hasn't talked about it. But we get a lot of email, blog posts, and Facebook private messages talking about how people can't get hired. Um, they don't understand why, you know, a data queue and all this stuff, and they're in the dark. And so I wanted, I tell everybody, you know, go to TCRG Consulting and uh, speak to Rich Wilson. He's on Facebook. He's one of our friends uh, on our friends list, so you can look him up that way, or you can just go to www.t crgconsulting.com and uh, he can help you out with a lot of the complications that are going on as far as uh, violations, uh, data queue, CSA, and all the things that people seem to be still so confused about. So I just wanted to mention that because we do get a lot of questions about that. So um, right now, Alan, I think that's all the announcements I have as usual. After the show's over, I'll think about three more, but um, that's all I have here for now. Okay. Well, then, thanks for tuning in. Uh, those on the lines in the chat room and all of those later through the archives, we appreciate it. And remember, if you like a particular show, you can grab the player embed code and place the show right up on your own website if you wish to do so. Uh, be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And thanks again to Kristen Shank of the XRS Corporation for joining us this evening. And you can learn more about the XRS platform at xrscorp.com and uh, on the web at eobr.com. And on they are on Facebook, uh, their social media site as X Nation. So until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, truthabouttrucking.com, askthetrucker.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening. I've been driving these rigs since 79. Never got a ticket, never crossed the line. Dinner's on the table, but it's gonna get cold. Gotta get going, I've got freight too low Well, I was running through Atlanta doing 58 A four-wheeler cut me off, so I slammed my brakes Well, the truck went left, but the trailer threw right And I saw my life flash before my eyes I'm just trying to make a living running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand Lord have mercy on the, the trucking brand I was fighting the wheel And the next thing I know I hit the sidewall and over I go Falling so fast I had no time to scream Burning hot metal flying all around me Well, I laid there for a minute, living out of my head Not knowing if I was alive or dead The highway patrol said, let me give you a hand Then he laughed and said, son, you better check your pants I'm just trying to make a living, running the road 
Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand Lord, have mercy on the, the trucking brand At me and my burning rig Checked out the damage that was done to the bridge Feeling a little crazy and dizzy in the head Barely heard the words that officer said $10,000 fine and your CDL is gone Better call your mama to come take you home Three million miles and never a glitch the four-wheeler only got a slap on the wrist I'm trying to make a living running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand Lord, have mercy on the, the trucking Trucking brain. 